Hello everyone and welcome back to episode number 6 of the Quantum to Infinity podcast. So in the previous episode we went over some characteristics of waves and particles and saw how fundamentally different they can be. In this experiment we truly enter the quantum realm. So let's start with the experiment that changed our understanding of particles and waves forever. In the 17th and 18th century there had been heated debate on whether light was a wave or if it had a stream of particles. In 1799, English scientist Thomas Young conducted the famous double slit experiment. Young took a thin metal sheet and made two very thin slits on it and passed light through them. He observed that light beams were being diffracted and there was an interference pattern, both of which are typically wave phenomena. So diffraction is a typical wave behavior when it encounters an obstacle. If a wave encounters an obstacle with a slit, it will fan out. While the degree of this spread depends on the wavelength. If the slit is much larger than the wavelength the bend will be minimal whereas if the slit has a size similar to the wavelength the diffraction will fan out to a greater extent so when the two waves from either slit meet they produce a dark spot or a white spot depending if they're in phase or out of phase respectively so this experiment provided conclusive evidence that light is a wave then what caused people to think that it was a particle german physicist max planck tried to explain the thermal radiation emitted by all objects If you heat two different objects made up of different materials to the same temperature the color of glow will be the same. The effort to provide an explanation for this phenomenon was what led to the foundation of the quantum theory. Max Planck proposed the idea of fictitious oscillator which would emit only single frequencies of light. He then derived the equation E is equal to hf where h is Planck's constant and f is the frequency and E being the energy. He thought of light as particles that possess discrete energy and he referred to these discrete energy levels of the particles as quanta which means that they can only be whole number units not fractions or decimals. So this suggested how the energy should depend on the frequency and two different models were born. However this idea wasn't very widely accepted in the scientific community and this was viewed with skepticism despite various experiments actually proving that light was a particle. So it wasn't until the 1920s that people started taking this idea seriously when they combined the equation for the energy of a single photon and combined it with Einstein's special relativity equation. They found out that a single photon carries a certain amount of momentum given by the equation p is equal to Planck's constant over lambda where p is the symbol for momentum and lambda is for wavelength of light. So due to this inverse relationship between momentum and the wavelength the longer the wave the lesser is its momentum so this means that when a photon with a short wavelength is collided with a stationary electron momentum and energy is gained by the electron while the wavelength of the photon increases and represents particle like behavior so this finally got the scientific community to agree to the theory in about the same time that this theory gained acceptance scientists argued that there was a symmetry between matter and light and a particle like an electron that must have a wavelength So there was an argument that stated that a photon has a momentum determined by its wavelength a material object like an electron should have a wavelength determined by its momentum scientists then shot beams of electrons at thin films of metal and observed diffraction patterns in transmitted electrons which clearly proved the wavelike nature of electrons so following this experiment scientists were able to show that all subatomic particles behave like waves and even beams of proton and neutron have similar results to the diffraction experiment of the electrons well this brings about a new set of questions if all matter is made up of subatomic particles and if subatomic particles exhibit wave nature 
doesn't that mean all observable matter must also behave like a wave? This would mean that a human could pass through two big enough slits at once. Well, that doesn't happen and neither does it make really sense. But why? The answer lies in the equation that we discussed above. P is equal to a, uh, Planck's constant over lambda. So if we rearrange this equation to make the wavelength the subject, we get lambda is equal to Planck's constant over momentum. And momentum is equal to mass times velocity. So upon doing some math, the wavelength of an electron was found to be about 1.2 times 10 to the power negative 10, which is, as you might think, extremely tiny. So despite it being this tiny, this is the ideal wavelength to observe diffraction. The wavelength gets shorter as the mass of the particle increases and it becomes difficult to observe the wave effects. You're right, this stuff is pretty weird. So here's an analogy that I use um, to make the dual wave particle stuff easier to visualize. The way that I like to think about the wave particle duality of matter is to compare it to velvet. When you look at one side of the velvet, you see a different texture, whereas when you look at the other side, you get a different texture despite it being made of the same matter. I compare one side of being the particle-like properties that are exhibited by matter and the other side to the wave nature of particles that are exhibited. Obviously, this isn't scientifically accurate. It just helps me visualize this absurd and fascinating concept. So take it with a grain of salt and don't come, come at me for the inaccuracies that this contains. So that's all for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more content and thank you.